This summer, thousands of students from elementary and middle schools will be using Summer Pops math workbooks. That's thousands of students returning to the classroom better prepared and more confident in their math skills. If your school or district is looking into starting a summer math program or you want to improve on what you already do, start with Summer Pops. More schools every year are ordering Summer Pops for their students because Summer Pops gives your school or district everything you're looking for in a summer math program, effective, easy to use, and affordable. Order before March 31st to receive the early bird discount. Why not get a few copies and let your teacher leaders look them over and see what they think. Go to summerpopsworkbooks.com and request your free sample workbooks today. Principal Matters Podcast, episode 382. Hi, friends. This is Will Parker, host of Principal Matters, the school leaders podcast, where each week we bring you inspiring, innovative, and imaginative ideas for your own school leadership. This week, I'm talking to my special guest, Dan Kelly, about profoundly impacting learning cultures. Dan Kelly is an associate teaching professor of educational leadership and policy at the University of Rhode Island, and he previously served as the principal of Smithfield High School in Smithfield, Rhode Island. During his tenure, he successfully implemented sustainable change initiatives that profoundly impacted the school's learning culture. Dan's contributions to education extend to national leadership roles as well. He served as the president of the National Association of Secondary School Principals during the 2017-18 school year and was a member of the NASSP Board of Directors for five years. His broad experience in education includes positions as a high school assistant principal, high school and middle school special education teacher, and a middle school math and science teacher. In recognition of his outstanding leadership, he was named the Rhode Island Secondary Principal of the Year in 2012. And he's also a dear friend. Dan Kelly, welcome to Principal Matters Podcast. Could you fill in the gaps on that intro? Why don't you tell listeners something else they may be surprised to know about you? Well, thank you. Uh, thank you for that introduction. Uh, it is great to see you again. And, and I'm privileged and, and grateful to be part of uh, of your podcast. Um, we've known each other for uh, for a long time. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, I really appreciate uh, our friendship and, and your guidance over the years. So I'm excited to be here and talk about ed leadership and some of the great things that we've uh, we've accomplished in Smithfield over the last uh, couple of decades. Um, so something was he surprised about me. Um, so I was a rugby player in uh, in college. Uh, not a lot of people uh, know that uh, side of my life. And uh, I played bowling uh, played for Bowling Green State University in uh, in Ohio. And uh, I was very fortunate to. Uh, to play for a, a great coach and mentor, Roger Mazzarella. Uh, I got to travel around the country. I got to play uh, in England. And um, I, I, I got to learn a lot about myself. I learned a lot about leadership. I learned a lot about competition and uh, really got to build some great friendships with uh, people, not only in the United States, but around the world because of uh, the sport of rugby. So, um Wow, yeah. Dan, I did not know that about you. So, man, you are yeah. ready to rumble. You're one of the so so uh because yes. I have to say that um I've never played rugby. And so uh, but then again, I'm not from the northeast either. So I never played lacrosse either. And I never there's a lot, a lot of things I've yeah. never played, but but <laughs> but so just to set the stage for principal manders listeners, I have to walk down memory lane just a little bit with you. So can you believe 2012 was more than 10 years ago? 
So more than 10 years ago, Dan, you're being recognized as the Rhode Island Secondary School Principal of the Year. Our mutual friend, Jimmy Casas, was being recognized from his state and then was a national finalist in Iowa. And then I was being recognized as an assistant principal of the year in the state of Oklahoma. And little did we know that our worlds would just keep colliding. But just a few years later, I'm sitting in a room and I'm the state coordinator for our state principals association in 2017, 2018. As that year's wrapping up and you are debating in, in this huge open forum at the national conference for the position of, of the national president. And then I'm actually transitioning into my position, my former position as a state executive director for Oklahoma. And so, man, I reached out to you and Jimmy Casas um, was invited to our state principals conference. And we got to sit down together the night before that conference and have some really good barbecue. And then the next day do PD (laughs) together. And I'll just never forget just the magic of that moment, Dan. And ever since then, I've just considered you a friend. So thank you for the ongoing work that you've done um, in influencing my life and leadership, but also the work I've seen you do for Smithfield. And now in the new work that you're doing, both at the university level as a consultant and a coach and working with aspiring and veteran leaders. So I wanted to bring you here today because you have a lot of knowledge and a lot of experience. And I wanted to take an opportunity to let listeners learn a little bit about that journey. So I know that normally I like to start at the beginning and then go to the end, but I'm going to actually start at the end and go back to the beginning because (laughs) I want you to talk about some of the things that you're doing right now in university work that are helping education leaders and what that work looks like and some of the things that you're learning in that work. Yep. So before I touch on that, that history lesson, you, 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 you brought me back there a little bit and there's a common thread in the names you mentioned and the experiences we had. And that is, our relationship with the National Association of Secondary School Principals, NESSP. Mm-hmm. And so if you know anybody that's listening, listening to this that's not part of their national organization, whether it's secondary or the elementary one, uh, really encourage people to get involved with that because that's the core of where we all came together was through mm-hmm. that work and continue to connect and build relationships with others because of that work. So, um, so if you've got an opportunity to get involved at that at the state or at that national level, I, I would encourage listeners to uh, to jump on that. So, um, so yeah, so jump into current reality right now. Um, I was a principal of Smithfield High School for 17 years, and uh, had a, a, an absolutely uh, tremendous run there. And um, but the last couple of years, I had started to think about, all right, what's next uh, in my journey? Uh, I was uh, looking at, you know, when can I retire, which was going to be a long time away? Um, and what might be their other options to continue to grow? And I, I I never really had an interest in going to central office and being an assistant superintendent or superintendent. Uh, just never, never really interested me. And I felt that I could get a lot more accomplished at the at the school level as a, as a building leader. And uh, in the spring of, uh, of 23, a couple of openings uh, were really intriguing to me. And one was at the University of Rhode Island uh, as an opportunity to build a graduate program, a master's uh, program in educational leadership and policy. And so University of Rhode Island is the flagship university, state university in Rhode Island. And they did, they've not had this program ever. And um, they had a, a dean who was 
new and was trying to expand some things and was able to negotiate a, a couple of uh, of programs to to be expanded here. And uh, I went through that process and and I started in uh, in August of twenty three, and uh, it's been it's it's been a, a such a awesome experience so far. Um, huge learning curve, jumping from the political animal of K to twelve into the political animal of 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 university, um, and so that has been a, has been an interesting challenge. Um, we're in the very early stages of, of setting up that program and what that's going to look like. And so navigating the challenges of state level of state level department of education and then university uh, levels of, uh, of approval have been an interesting challenge as well. But so the bulk of my time is program development. Uh, I've got about uh, a year or so to get that, uh, to go through all that approval process. Uh, but even more exciting, Will, is that I'm teaching again. And so I have two classes right now. Uh, I'm teaching undergrads while I build the program. Eventually, I'll teach in the master's program. Uh, but I am I am teaching mostly freshmen and sophomores intro to American education. And we are having, I'm having a blast because I just get to talk about the cool things that are happening in schools right now. Uh, in Rhode Island and across the country and how they impact future teachers. And it's, it's a lot of fun. And that's, that has surprised me how much fun I was going to have getting back into that teaching frame. Isn't that amazing how things come full circle, Dan, because uh, even in the work that I've been doing now, that principal matters is my full-time work. I do way more teaching now and instructing now than I did in any of the other roles I've served, even when I was state executive director, we did a lot of training, but I'm doing a lot of training right now. And what I find is you're, I'm kind of gone full circle. I'm back into lesson prep and I'm always and doing a lot of research and I'm developing lessons. There's so much joy in that. There's a couple of things you said that I want to, I want to circle back to. And I'm so, I'm so glad you said to listeners, if you're not a part of your state or national association, think about how you can join soon because you're right. It's that network that you and I discovered that really helped us stay connected with other best practices. And, and it's not, and NASSP is not the only one. There's some wonderful groups out there that do development solution tree or ASCD. There's a lot of wonderful groups right. that do great work in, in education and leadership development. But, but for us, that national association and the state associations have been integral. In fact, most of the time when I'm, even when I'm coaching and consulting, it's one of the first questions that I ask a leader when they're looking for collaboration, I'll say, well, are you a member of your state association? Or if there's a state association offering that's already on the table for them, I'll encourage them to go that direction because that's something that's going to be close to home. You've also done a lot of consulting and coaching work, even when you were still working as a principal that I'm sure is informing the work you're doing is now as a professor and a program developer. So talk a little bit about what inspired you to step into that kind of work, coaching and consulting, and what are some of the lessons you're learning there? It's so when uh, the, the year that I was president, uh, I was I was very, very fortunate to to be able to take the year off and to travel around the country and to, and to have conversations, present at conferences, talk to people. Um, but it was those sidebar conversations, similar to the ones that we have whenever we run into each other at a conference, um, where where there was a lot of learning that took place. And I would find myself asking questions to people going, well, why did you do that? Or tell me a little bit more about why your decision making there. And 
those conversations got me to, to, to thinking about what are we doing to support our uh, all of our principals in Rhode Island, but really our early career principals. And there were a couple of models that were that I saw. Um, the Washington Principal Association had one uh, that was that they, they actually do a really nice job up there. Uh, there were a couple others that I started to look at. And then um, I was looking at the elementary association and they had a coaching training program. And so I went through that program that year and uh, and got certified to be to be a coach uh, through NAESP. And that kind of got me kickstarted to go, all right, again, why are we not doing anything for our principals in Rhode Island? So when that year completed, I went back to our executive director and said, hey, I got some ideas here. Let's talk through this. And to to the credit of the executive director at the time and some other folks in the office, uh, Nicole Latoile, we started to build something. And so we're now in year five or six of a early career coaching program in Rhode Island, where we are training uh, experienced sitting principals. Um, we've expanded that here recently to start to include uh, former superintendents as well. And we're trying to just continue to build and evolve a program to help our early career um, folks. And uh, our, our next big step is to expand that to all coaches uh, mm-hmm. or to all principals so that we can try to expand a little bit. And, and so we've done some work with the, uh, with Dazzle, the, the Delaware Association of School Leaders, um, we've done some work with uh, a couple other uh, consulting firms uh, from Connecticut and uh, in New Hampshire that have helped to train our our coaches. And uh, right now we are I'm one of the one of three facilitators that is going to kind of take over that training going forward and we're going to start to to train our own our own folks in-house. Um, and so we're doing a lot of work this year with uh, the city of Providence. A lot of our clients are, are early principals, early career principals from there. Uh, but it's been it's been a neat journey to go through and, and learn these different ways of coaching. And, uh, it, and it encouraged me to start my own kind of side hustle during that time to uh, to continue to expand my craft and to, to expand my reach in working with uh, with folks across the country. I love that. And so I'll pause for a moment and give a big plug to the National Association of Elementary School Principals and their coaching program, because I've been through that too, Dan. And if there's any leaders listening out there, I I don't have the website right in front of me, but you can go, I'm sure, on just search it through Google, but NAESP coaching or and mentoring program, which is offered throughout the year. And a lot of it's now done virtually. You get to be in a cadre with other principals and leaders who are going through the same training. And then you do follow-up meetings. You're assigned to, or you find a person that you're going to be mentoring throughout the program training. And so it's a very, um, it's a, it's a very well-researched and implemented program. In fact, um, Dan, I'm signed up right now for the renewal part. I think it's coming up in the spring where I'll be sitting through it again. And so even though I've now done coaching for, for years now, um, and I have an ongoing consulting work that I do with principal matters, I, I want to stay fresh. And so, um, so I just want to encourage any other leaders out there to, to, to consider that program. If you haven't done a, a coaching program before, let's take a moment to thank our sponsors and then we'll be right back. Everyone talks about the power of data-driven instruction, but what does that actually look like? Look no further than IXL, the ultimate online learning and teaching platform for K-12. IXL gives you meaningful insights that drive real progress and research can prove it. 
Studies across 45 states show that schools who use IXL outperform other schools on state tests. Educators who use IXL love that they can easily see how their school is performing in real time to make better instructional decisions. And IXL doesn't stop at just data. IXL also brings an entire ecosystem of resources for your teachers with a complete curriculum, personalized learning plans, and so much more. It's no wonder that IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts. Ready to join them? Visit IXL.com backslash PM to get started. I want to just sit here too and ask you, Dan, and in, in all of the work that you've been doing in, in coaching and mentoring in Rhode Island and the, the networks that you guys have had in Delaware, Connecticut, New Hampshire, and of course in the work you're doing in the university, um, I know, I know because I know you and we've talked offline that you've done a lot, you're doing a lot of work in program development that's based in best practices and research, but I also know that you teach from experience. And so this is kind of where I want to sit for a few minutes here, because right now we have listeners who are um, participating in this conversation that maybe they're on their way to school or maybe they're back home or maybe they're on a run. Some of them are aspiring, some of them are veteran, but I, I want to speak first to the newer principle. What are some of those lessons um, that you try to convey, especially if you only had one time to sit down with another leader face-to-face, maybe across coffee? What's what's that? What, what are some of those things that you try to get across as essential for them to hold on to as they're stepping into this role, this important role of being a principal? So um, for aspiring leaders, there's a couple of things um, that, that come to mind. Um, one is you've got to really think about your current leadership role. And so if you're a teacher and you're thinking about going into administration, you're a leader and you might not think of yourself necessarily as a leader, but you are a leader in your classroom. You're a leader of students. You're a leader in your building. And so how do you start to expand on those leadership opportunities? Are you going to your principals, your school leaders and saying, uh, building leaders and saying, hey, where where can I make an impact? Where can I expand and, and start to get some more experience? So the I'm not a leader until I'm a building principal is a, is a false narrative. You are a leader now in your building. And so how can you start to take on a few things? I think that's important. Um, along with that, it's it's building your network. And that, I think, was part of the power of us, Will, was back in 2012 when Twitter was starting to take off. We were utilizing social media to really expand and lurk from people. And, you know, I remember vividly on Saturday mornings getting up at was it seven or eight in the morning and doing sat chat with those guys yeah. from New Jersey. Yeah. And I, I it, it, it opened my mind to, all right, not just a little Rhode Island. There's this big world out there. And then, you, you know, then I remember a gentleman, I can't think of his name right now, but he was from Australia and he had all these crazy ideas would show up at, you know, because it was mm-hmm. the next day uh, in, in his time zone. So building your network out, expanding that network, how are you utilizing social media? How are you utilizing, you know, podcasts and blogs and, and YouTube to, to start to learn about what's happening outside of your little bubble? You know, Rhode Island's a small state and, and we... I would have this conversation with teachers all the time is we would only care about what certain districts around us were doing. And I would always push back and say, but why aren't we looking at what the great things that are happening in Oklahoma or Iowa or Florida or wherever? Uh, There's a lot of great models out there. Let's expand that thinking. So encouraging aspiring leaders to build uh, that network. And then the last thing would be is use some of that time you have 
you know, which is valuable and precious, but go sit down and shadow your principal or your assistant principal for an hour and, and watch and just take notes and go, wow, they made a hundred decisions in the last 30, 30 minutes, you know? Uh, wow. So spend some time, I think, really sitting with them. And, and the only thing I would caution aspiring principals, and this is something that I don't regret necessarily. I went into this game really early. You know, I was tagged by a couple of mentors really early to, oh, you'd be a great administrator. You need to go. And, you know, at one point I was the youngest high school principal in the state of Rhode Island. And I don't, I, I don't, I don't know if I would do anything different in, in reflection on that. Um, but I wonder if I, if I had stayed in the classroom and got more classroom experience, if that would have made a difference, but going in early definitely had an impact because I had a young family at the time. And so there's a lot that comes into play when you're trying to be a building leader and and raise a family at the same time. Wow. Okay. Lots to unpack there. No, no, no. My, my <laughs> listeners know, my list, my listeners know that I, I take notes and I summarize because I'm just like, my my hand is just feverishly working over here while you're while you're saying that because you said so many great things and I just want to repeat some of them which is one if you're an aspiring leader begin to ask that question to your leadership where can I make an impact and and I, I what I want to say about that Dan is I talk to a lot of and this this applies to veteran leaders too who want to do new things I talk to a lot of leaders who have ambition and desire for advancement or new work. And when I ask them, when's the last time you told someone in your authority structure that you want to do this? A lot of times the answer is I haven't told anybody. And so there's a there's a roadblock. If you're not communicating to other people, I'm interested in growth. And there's nothing wrong with saying you're interested in growth. It's not going to make you come across as ego-driven unless you genuinely are. What it's going to show them is this person's eager. So be eager. Um and I love what you said about building networks with social media, podcasting, blogs, YouTube, in in person, and looking outside of your own sphere. Um, and then the last thing you said, really for me, was um, it's okay to be patient and build muscle. You know, so as eager as we want to be for growth, um, right where you're sitting today is actually whether you recognize it or not, building capacity for what you want to do tomorrow which I think is so important. Yep. I, I, you know, I have more questions, but let me pause there because I can see your mind working just on <laughs> just on those. Well, I love, I love the be eager. That's an interesting, I, I've not, that was an interesting phrase that you said. Um, I've, I've had a lot of conversations with folks that really want to jump into this profession quickly. And I, I often will ask questions like, why is that? What is your motivation for that? Have you thought about how that decision will impact kids, family, marriage? It's a tough job. You're going to put in a lot of hours. And there's there's a lot of things that we don't think about. And I'm excited to try to get into my new program that I'm building that give a little bit more of the reality of what the day-to-day looks like from a practitioner standpoint. Well, let's go there next because I want you to also have an opportunity, even before we talk to veteran leaders, let's talk to those leaders that are maybe stepping into this role now as newer leaders. And Dan, maybe there's someone listening that's in the middle of their first year or the first years, and they're just kind of wondering, hey, you were a veteran leader, Dan, what are some things that maybe I need to keep my eye on? Or what are some priorities that maybe I need to keep in mind? Yeah. Um, again, network comes right to the top of that. And, and this is a lonely profession. 
And um, and a lot of times, especially if you're at the elementary level, it's just you. And, and being in secondary, I was very fortunate to have a team, two assistant principals that I could lean on and we could lean on each other during the day. And so having that local network that you can say, hey, I'm having a rough day. I need to talk through something becomes critically important, not only in your early career, but through, throughout your career. So that's that's hugely, hugely important. Um, you know, we talk a lot about the word balance. And there's a lot of leaders that we know that talk about balance. You know, I'm thinking uh, Jess, Jessica Cabine, I think, has, has done some work around that. Um You've got to take and carve out time for yourself to go for that run, go for that bike ride, go de decompress. Um, and you know, I'll share a little, you know, some get a little more personal with this, but that was a, a motivator for me to look for to start looking at other options because I, I got to the point where my doctor put me on on blood pressure medication. And so, you know, I had, you know, went was exercising, was trying to lose a couple of pounds. Uh, and it wasn't impacting it, and it turned to a medication thing. And I, and I'm going, wait a minute! I, at 48 years old, I I don't want to be on meds like that for the rest of my life. And so, being able to to recognize it, being able to go see a doctor, and and again, uh, getting into crazy details, but I also utilize my my EAP, my employee assistance program to help find and secure someone for me to talk to that wasn't connected to education that allowed me to get some of the things off my chest and to talk through. And that is something that I, I, you know, I had kept private for a long time. And then um, when we were coming out of COVID and, and working through those challenges and my staff was having some, you know, a lot of challenges, I shared that with them. And that was a, a very pivotal moment, I think, where uh, being vulnerable with your staff. And there were a lot of people that came and said, thank you. I needed to hear that. Where, how did you, what, what, what's that number? Yeah. Um, because we're all going through so much right now. There's a lot of baggage. There's a lot of challenges that our staffs, our, our, our colleagues and our secretaries, everybody's going through. And so um, not being afraid to ask for, for that number and, and being able to reach out, I think is, is important. It's okay to say, hey, I need to sit down and talk with somebody. Yesterday, Dan, I was on a conversation with a with a, a great school leader who's done this work um, for uh, the last four or five years. And when we were having this conversation, um, I was thinking about um, teamwork and the, and the need to lean on others because as we talked, um, and I'm just going to, this is a shameless plug for my first book, but there's a reason I'm saying this title, but my first book was Principal Matters, the 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 courage, action, motivation, and teamwork needed for school leaders. And I told this leader, I said, you know what? I've known you for a long time now, and you are so courageous, and you're so motivated, and you're so action-oriented. But if I could put my finger on the one thing that you keep telling me that you know you need to grow is leaning on others, is building a team. And, and that's not a criticism. It was just an observation of something that you just put your finger on, which is that this is hard work. And this hard work requires leaning on others, networking with others, but also giving yourself permission to take care of you, which is why I wrote the book, Pause, Breathe, Flourish, because that was the number one question that leaders were asking me after the keynote or after the conference or after the PD right. was like, how do I keep doing this without burning out? And you're not the only leader I've heard that story from this year, Dan. I was on a call with a friend from another state whose superintendent began their PD this year 
sharing his own personal story with the entire district staff that he started therapy for that same reason, because he was finding himself so depressed that he was having a hard time showing up. That's vulnerability, but it's also the reality. And so as a result, right. their district right. has hired, they've hired on staff therapists to be available for, for people too. So these are, wow, that's, these, that's impressive. Isn't that impressive? <laughs> so, so, so that's the, that's the real um, work environments that we're, that we're stepping into each day. And so I think for new leaders, um, you know, you, you sat in that role for 17 years and now you're transitioning into this other role. And so thank you for being vulnerable as you look back and say, Hey, new leader, take care of you and lean on others, build a network of other people around you that can support you in this work because you can't carry this alone. Right. You're very, you're, you're, it's, it's, it's a lonely job and we have to, we early, early career principals really need to recognize that. And that's where that building that network really does come in, come into play. Well, let's pretend for a second that, um, well, we're, Let's do what you and I've done for the last several years, Dan. We're going to talk to the veteran leader because this is what this is kind of the things that happen. And you call them the sidebar conversations, you know, when you're at a meeting together and then you finally get off to the side and you're like, hey, you know, here, what are, what are some things that veteran leaders should keep in mind as they're trying to create an impacting learning culture? Because at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. All of these things you're talking about are ways that we can make sure that we're structuring our leadership so that we have the kind of place we want kids to learn. I, I think that we, as leaders, we, we can do a better job of recognizing the small wins and celebrating those small wins during the day. I think we get caught up a lot with the, the pressure for test scores and the pressure for, you know, how many AP classes are we going to run? And, and then you deal with all this, the societal pressures and the parents calling and, and so going back to, you know, what are those small wins and then going back to kids and talking to kids and just, you know, whenever I was having a bad day, I, I would head to room 121. And that was where our severe special needs kids uh, classroom was. And I would go down there and hang out with some of those, those, those kiddos. And, and there was, there was one student nonverbal, but was a, was, was a music kid and would love to listen to music and we you could put a guitar and he would he would strum guitar and and if i was having a bad day uh, i knew that i could go down there and i could go down and play my favorite band uh flogging molly an irish punk band with this student and we would sit there and we would just kind of like jam and and like it would change the whole outlook of the day and that would be a small win for me and and reset my my North star reset my, my purpose for the day. So I think find those small wins, find that moment where you can go down and, and bring it back to kids and it'll, it'll make a huge difference and help. <laughs> I love that. And Dan, I asked you for permission before we started recording to, to, to tell this story, but <laughs> there's, and I call this the dumpster story, but, yeah. but, but as um you, because you and I share a lot and talk and stay connected and we're friends, there was a story that you told me a few months ago um, that I would want you to tell listeners, but I, I just want to set the stage for just a moment that, you know, when I, when you think about the, um, the span of a, of a career, you know, 17 years in one school, starting off as a young leader, recognizing um, 
where you wanted that trajectory to go doing what you're doing now. I mean, you've seen the good, the bad, and the ugly in leadership. And so sometimes um, I, I want to make sure my listeners don't get this false sense of uh, um, toxic po- positivity that sometimes may come across because I'm a, very much an optimist, but sometimes this work is hard. And so I, I just wanted you to tell the dumb story for just a minute, because I thought this was such a great example of really good leaders um, who just recognize that sometimes this is hard work. So I was, um, I was starting my transition out of the principalship at, at my school. And, uh, I gave a, a lot of notice. Uh, I wasn't going to start at the university until, until August. So I had the summer to, to work and had some tasks to, to basically help to transition in the new, the new leadership. And, Ultimately, uh, one of my assistant principals was was going to take on the principalship uh, as an intern for for the year, as they as central office worked through some things, and and so we're getting to uh, to mid mid August, and my days are are numbered, and uh, my other assistant principal happened to be got a principal's job, and so her days were numbered. So we're down to that last week where the three of us are going to be to be together. And uh, and we're having meetings and we're transitioning the new interim principal, the new the new uh, assistant principals were on board and I got called out to a meeting. And so I went and I came back and the new principal was, was, was gone. And I went, all right, that's kind of weird. And I said to the, the other AP that was leaving, I said, where's, you know, where are they at? What's going on? He's like, Oh, they left. Uh, not, not quite sure. And then my phone starts buzzing and I, it's, I read the text and it's meet me at the dumpster. And I'm going dumpster, dumpster. All right, why? Okay, we've never done this before. It's I 17 years as a building principal. I never went to the dumpster, and um, and then uh, the second text comes through and says, "Don't tell anyone." And I was like, "All right." So I leave. I go out behind the building into the back corner of the building where all are receiving, where all the trucks come in for food and everything, and they're, they're all our dumpsters are back there. And as I'm walking towards him, he's just pacing back and forth. And I could tell he's 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 fired, fired up. And he's a very laid back guy. And he was, and I said, hey, what's going on? And he just went off blah, 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 whatever the issue was at the moment. And so we're out there talking and and uh, it starts to rain. It starts to sprinkle. And I'm going, all right, we can't be out. All right. All right. So we keep talking and he's keep rambling and I'm trying to help him through and coach him through the whole thing. And then the other assistant principal, that one that was leading, takes a new job. She just, I don't know how she knew we were out by the dumpster, but she shows up and goes, what's going on? What, why are we out by the dumpster? I'm hungry. I want to get lunch. And then, then she gets involved in a conversation. So we're all standing in the rain by the dumpster. And I said, guys, can we get out of the rain here a little bit? And so we walked up to receiving. And so that where all the, the trucks will kind of back up to the big doors. And uh, there was a milk crate, a five gallon bucket and a, like a half broken chair with like three legs on it. And so, and, but it was covered. And so the three of us are sitting there and one of our maintenance guys walks out the door and he looks at us and just starts laughing. And, uh, the intern, the new intern principal says, Hey, can you take a, a picture? Joe, can you take a picture of us? And, uh, and he took a picture of us. And, um, the last night we were together, we had dinner 
he had framed that for the three of us. And so we have that picture in our office and it's in my office at, at URI uh, of the three of us kind of smiling. And it was the last moment we had together really as a, as a, as a team. And, um, and it all I, started at the dumpster. It was just. Crazy. Well, and, and you know, and you know, and you know, I've talked about why I love this story so much because that's just so real. I mean, a milk crate, a five gallon bucket, in a broken three-legged chair by the dumpster is where the leadership of the school is sitting to solve problems. And yeah. man, if that's not, um, if there's not a metaphor there, I don't know a better metaphor right. for leadership. And so I just want to say this to leaders that are listening right now, as we wrap up before I show them how they can, or before you tell them how they can stay connected to you, I want to speak directly to principal managers, listeners. This work that you're doing is so important when you are building learning cultures, it is complex. It is diverse work. You can find joy by going into those rooms with those kids and reconnecting with them and by finding amazing people that you get to serve, teachers who help serve those kids. And some days you find the flow and man, things just seem like they're they're soaring. And then it's sometimes within the same day, Dan, you know this, you can go from a height of just like this moment of glory that your school just experienced. And five minutes later, you can be sitting by the dumpster on the milk crate, <laughs> the five-gallon bucket, and the three-legged chair trying to solve this problem. Welcome to leadership, because yep. it's never, ever easy. And that's what I keep trying to tell, tell listeners over and, and leaders who I work with, is that you can build stronger learning communities, and they can be healthier, and they can be more flourishing than they were before you found them. But don't ever expect it to be easy. Leadership's never yeah. easy. Um, so thank you for thank you for being so real. And thank you for the work that you're doing that you have been doing, that you are doing, and you will continue to do in influencing um, leadership in schools. Dan, how can how can listeners connect with you? Because one of the things that I want to let listeners know is in the work that you're doing in developing this new program for the university, is you also like to listen and introduce leaders, young leaders to veteran leaders. So there may be someone listening out there that's like, hey, Dan, man, I love presenting at university levels, or I, I here's here's the thing I've learned that I would love to share with you. And so I, I want to just invite principal managers, listeners to reach out to you, to connect with you as you're building your cadre of, of folks that you want, the network out here that you want to introduce to the folks that you're training at the university level. So give, give, uh, give listeners a, a chance to connect with you. Yeah, so I, I appreciate that. Um, we, you know, the program we're building is, is is going to most likely be an online program, and so we're going to try to appeal not only to Rhode Island but to the region and across the country as well. And I want to be able to bring in diverse leaders and 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 stories and experiences to our aspiring leaders in this program. So if if folks are have something that might might be of interest, I would I would love to connect. Um, my website is uh, Daniel P. Kelly. Uh, it's K-E-L-L-E-Y dot uh, net. So Daniel P. Kelly dot net. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Daniel P. Kelly. And uh, I'm also at uh, Instagram uh, at Daniel P. Kelly ED. Um, so um, Twitter is probably the is probably going to be the easiest route to go. Um, but, uh, and, and if, and if anyone is interested in, in doing some coaching work or, uh, interested in, in working with me going forward, uh, connecting through my website is, uh, is going to be the best bet and, uh, would love to have a conversation and, and, and chat and see if, uh, if I can be of assistance. Well, Dan Kelly, it's been 
as always, such a pleasure to spend time with you. And Principal Matters listeners, I know you've enjoyed it as well. Thank you, Dan, for the great work that you're doing. And Principal Matters listeners, until next time, thanks for doing what matters. We'll see you next week. Find free resources like this one at liamdparker.com. Subscribe for our free weekly newsletter, which contains bonus material. And also check out the links for Grow Academies, Masterminds, Executive Coaching, and Keynote Presentations for my books, as well as for Principal Matters Associates. You can find out more under our Speakers tab at williamdparker.com. Thank you for learning together, and thank you for doing what matters.